Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today we're talking about how important marriage is within the church. Being around other couples in the church and being a part of a marriage Bible study or small group can be so beneficial to your relationship with God and your spouse. Yeah, you know, research has really proven all this to be true. Not that we need research to prove God's truths within the Bible, but it's interesting to me that that a couple research studies stand out. One is Brad Wilcox, a fantastic marriage researcher, found that couples who who want that close spiritual relationship, they do two things. They pray together regularly, mm-hmm. and then they go to church regularly. Mm. And, and then there was another one I saw um, looking at w- which couples have the lowest divorce rate. And what they found is that couples who um, are younger, who didn't cohabitate together, and who go to church on a regular basis, they have the lowest divorce rate of any other kind of types of couples. Mm. And, and all that's saying is that there's something powerful when we spend time at church, not just to worship, not just to study the scriptures, but it's really about being around other like-minded couples in in the friendships that develop. And now we've got people who believe in what we believe around lifelong mm-hmm. marriage, and mm-hmm. they're going to fight for our marriage. They're going to encourage us. Well, I mean, that's what's going on. This is something that we have regularly been part of, yeah. and specifically with one group here in Colorado Springs. And I will say that it makes all the difference. We have, over the last probably six months since I started graduate school, we haven't been part um, of a group, and I can feel the difference. And we're just falling apart. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> blame, blame it on school. But it really does impact our relationship, you know, whether it's studying uh, a book, studying scripture, studying a marriage lesson, or just being around other yeah. couples um, that are married and are authentic and honest about the ups and the downs and the turning points and the challenges and all of it. Yeah, I remember one time, uh, I, I think it was snowing in here in Colorado, and we just finished our small group and we're driving back. And remember, we get stopped by this train, yeah, there was this a huge, train. long train, yeah. and we're just sitting there forever. And then we start to see a a car, we can see the lights way off. And we knew it was probably someone from our small group. So we get Mm -hmm. out of our car. There was a little ditch area off to the side. I don't know why we were doing this. It's freezing cold, but we hide. And so as this other car pulls in behind our car, just to wait for this train Mm -hmm. to clear, Mm -hmm. we jump up and run full steam. We fly (laughs) this car. We bang on the window. We scream. It totally scares the occupants, our friends, luckily, yeah, from we our knew small group. It was our friends, yeah. but we also didn't know kind of our friend's background. He was like, You're lucky because I could have taken you out. Yeah. So he's a former Colorado Ranger. And yeah. he, let's just say both he and his it wife was not were a armed. wise, <laughs> a wise choice. Through. It was funny, but it wasn't wise. <laughs> but those have been friends that mm-hmm. have stuck by us. Thick and thin, through the Mm -hmm. good times, the hard times, the bad times, the great times, the times we've celebrated successes. I mean, all Mm -hmm. that. 
they've been a part of our of our small group and a part of just what creates for us a, a mm-hmm. strong marriage. And so that's really what we're going to focus on today. We've got some great segments coming up. Later on, Aaron and I are going to discuss some practical tips for listeners who want to get more involved in their church as a couple. We'll also hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she and her husband begin to change their lives around really what they feel God calling them to do somewhere else? But first, we had a great conversation with our friends, Jay and Laura LaFoon, about the important relationship between marriage and the church. They're authors and speakers, and they have great insights. So let's listen to the conversation we had with Jay and Laura. So, Jay, how did you learn that marriage is an important aspect of the church? Well, as we studied marriages, we were looking at, you know, what healthy marriages are. It really became clear to us that it's God's first institution. It's what he ordained first. And it really becomes the linchpin of every uh, aspect of our culture. And so clearly, uh, marriage is, is key in communities. And it just follows suit that in the church, Marriage is a linchpin. It is uh, foundational to the church and uh, the church to it, and mm-hmm. you know, back and forth. And so that that tie, not trying to place too much emphasis on it, because we're all called to be disciples of Jesus. But the first place we've got to be a disciple and act like a disciple is with our spouse. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that's where it we helps. live it out first. <laughs> yes, um, if we're wanting to live it out elsewhere, we need to live it out there first. And so that really is where we began to, to make a strong connection of when you focus on marriages, you really strengthen the church. Mm, so good. And then you guys took that further, and you did some research about marriage in the church. Um, that really shocked you. Can you tell us about that, Laura? Yes. What we, what we did was we, years ago, we, did a, uh, we were doing, well, we've been doing ultimate date nights. And when we would do our ultimate date nights, Churches would always say, hey, what's next? What's next for us? What do we do now? You know, so we've had your show. Now what do we do? And so, you know, we would give them a curriculum. We would say, you know, we've got some events that we've done if you want to do these. And so we kind of just started giving churches activities to do just off the top of our head. Here, this is what we've done. This is what we've done. And then the more we started seeing the the linchpin between churches and healthy marriages, we're like, you know, we really need to look into this more. And and what we found was from Barna Institute, the Pew Institute, was that when you focus on, first of all, churches, it, when you take, let's just say, five different things you could do in a church for marriages, small groups, activities, uh, weekend retreats, mm-hmm. um, counseling, mm-hmm. whatever, church, Barna said there was like five, five typical things that a church could do for marriages. And out of the churches that they surveyed, 70% or less were doing one. Oh, wow. Wow. No more than two. No, but churches just weren't doing marriage. And for us, we were like, well, we go here to this church and do a date night. We do this church. But what we realized was the churches that were bringing us in to do date were way above average (laughs) because it was just not happening. And so when you start doing and looking at that, you're like, wow, why are churches not focusing on marriage when that's one of the first institutions that God ordained. Yeah. And in, in Laura, for you guys, as you've studied that, what, what are some of those reasons why they're, they're not doing marriage ministry? 
You know, I would say, in my opinion and what research and churches that we've been in contact with, there's higher priorities. Um, I'll just say it this way. Marriage just isn't sexy. You know, it's... (laughs) Although I'm sexy as a spouse. (laughs) I'm sure that Aaron finds you sexy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I find Jay sexy. But marriage, you know, it's always, well, first you have to hire the lead pastor. Then you need an associate pastor, maybe an executive pastor. And then we've got to have the youth guy. And then we've got to have a worship or art guy or woman or, you know, so you start adding that up. And what we found was that the 11th hire, full-time hire in a church would be a marriage pastor. Oh, wow. So you wow. take all that other that comes first. And it's because marriage just isn't, you know, everybody, the other thing, and this is what we've found from talking to pastors, is if a pastor preaches on marriage, wants to do a marriage event, wants to take his congregation to a marriage retreat, the common reply from people in their congregation is, what's wrong with your marriage that you want oh, us yeah. to do this? Yeah. So it becomes intimidating for a pastor to want to focus on marriage, number one. And number two, financially, I guess, and marriage isn't sexy. There, that's my that's my phrase yeah. for the day, marriage <laughs> isn't sexy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Greg's going to steal that, by the way. It's mine now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay, you guys talk about five things that a marriage in the church needs to thrive. Can you describe those to us and why they're important? I, I think, first and foremost, you have to have activities that breed relationship. Um, we call them top-of-the-funnel activities. They're they're things that are easy to do. They don't require a lot of effort. They don't require a lot of money, but just getting people together. My dad always told me, son, you'll become the books you read and the people you hang around. Oh, wow. And so for the first, you know, the first thing we need to do is get couples who want to be happy and healthy around each other. And whether it's something as simple as a chili cook-off or uh, a game night or just, you know, very, very simple, easy to pull off things. We've got to have that top of the funnel. Um, we think that, that curriculum is important, uh, whether it's life group or, or uh, circles, as a lot of churches are calling them now, um, that we have something that, that can focus on marriage for those in the church that want to focus on marriage. You know, another reason so I think sometimes churches are hesitant is because of the single people in the congregation. Well, what about mm-hmm. us? And I think mm-hmm. that's valid. But um, that's a whole different story, you know, Um, where we will get to that in another day. But um, so you've got curriculum. One of our components is coaching. Um, Mm. We believe this. Not every marriage needs a counselor, but every marriage needs a coach. (laughs) Um, There there are couples who need counseling. There there are some very deep weeds, and they need counseling. But, um, you know, there's a lot of relationships that just need a a little nudge back in the right direction or a little, oh yeah, that's right. But this is what we should be doing. And if you look at the sports analogy, even the greatest players of all time had coaches that helped them become that way. Mm. And so activities, curriculum, coaching, uh, mentoring is another one. Now that to me is a little farther down the line because it is more demanding and a little more intimidating to say, would you be a mentor? Right. Uh, would you not be a mentor? Or would you be a mentee even? And then um, premarital. Uh, there's got to be strong premarital uh, development. But again, I think that's not one of the first things you dive into. Uh, when we talk about getting a church started, we want them to have early wins, if that makes sense. That, mm-hmm. oh, we did this. 
It didn't take much time. It didn't take much effort. And wow, look at how great it went. Mm. Um, so they're encouraged to do more. Um, and I just think that, that those wins beget more wins and the wins can become bigger. That's really good. So Laura, for the person listening right now going, well, but but I'm not a pastor. And, and I love what you're saying. Any advice for a lay person? So someone who regularly goes to church, what, what could they do to um, maybe interject some of these things that Jay was talking about? Well, what's really interesting, Greg, is that what the people that we have been working with, majority of them are not pastors. Okay. They're leaders in their congregation or they're lay people who have a heart for marriages. And then they they see our information, they talk to us, we have a conversation with them, and then they bring their pastor, they talk to their pastor, they say, here's what we've Here's what we've found. Here's some research that we've done. Here are the people, J. and Laura Lafoon. Here's what we would, and then we have a conversation with the pastor. So it's really encouraging to us when it's not necessarily a pastor that That's calls it. us or emails us and says, you know, I really want my church to be a part of this. What's the process? And so then we put them through the process. We talk to them. And, you know, 90% of the time they've been couples because what we do with that couple is we make them the lead couple. Those are the people that we want to train. Pastors don't, and, you know, we understand this. We've been in church ministry. Pastors have a lot on their plate. They have a lot to do. And so what mm-hmm. we don't want to train a pastor to do marriage ministry. We want to train a volunteer couple who has a heart for marriage ministry. Or if a church, are, you know, a lot of what we've had is couples who've called said, you know, we, we already have some marriage stuff going. Like, we have a life group for marriage, but we'd really like to do more. Well, then we come alongside and say, here's what we can do for you. We can train you to do more, and we can give you the tools and resources that you need to do more in your church. Mm, Makes so, sense. Yeah, yeah, so, so good. And I love that you guys are impacting churches at that level, going in, training um, individuals to minister to the marriages within their body of Christ. Aaron, I just love the Lafoons mm-hmm. and their sense of humor. I and, do too. You know, as we've done events with them over the years, it's so mm-hmm. much fun just to sit in the audience and enjoy mm-hmm. them, their humor and their wisdom and just how they can make complicated things mm-hmm. feel so simple. Well, and it's so nice to sit and listen to someone who has the same passion yeah. and the same um, desire to strengthen marriages, specifically within the church. Yeah, and I love... You know, Jay talked about that, the, you know, there's five things that every church should be doing for marriage, and one of them was marriage coaching. So we have a good friend, Ted Cunningham. Mm-hmm. He's a pastor in Branson, and one of my very favorite quotes that he said is, marriage is a duet harmonized by the melodies of life, where friends and families are the chorus amplifying love's song with their supportive echoes. Mm. So try saying that like five times in a row. But it's a powerful statement, which is really saying that we need people in our life. Mm -hmm. We need coaches. We need others to influence. We really do. (laughs) And so let's talk about that. How do we find then, you know, a coach for our marriage? We've done this over the Mm -hmm. years. So let's give some real practical ways to, Mm -hmm. to, to identify, to find someone and invite them into coaching our marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, first, you have to be humble and yeah. recognize there's a need. Yeah. Teachability. Um, yeah, yeah, so often we are like, you know, we're good, we're fine. 
or, you know, we're not good and we're not fine, but we're not going to tell anybody. And so it's important that just, it's important to just step back and humble your heart, both of your hearts, and maybe even begin praying about, you know, what kind of coach are we looking for? What is it that we're specifically wanting to address in our marriage? You know, you can even take a marriage assessment, um, like the one we have here at Focus on the Family, and, you know, to see like where are our growth areas or where, what are our strengths? just to identify what we're looking for. Yeah, and you talk about that marriage assessment, and we'll actually put the link in our show notes, because you're right, we need to go, what What are some areas of our marriage that, that we want to really focus on? Mm-hmm. And, and that's why we built the marriage assessment, to give you some growth areas, to show you your strengths. And that'd be a great thing then to take to that mm-hmm. to that coach to say you know hey for for us you know communication mm-hmm. is a growth area or conflict or whatever mm-hmm. spiritual relationship mm-hmm. and then i think as you as you identify well yeah maybe in the season what do we really want to focus on it's thinking about who are some of the the people around us the, mm-hmm. we're not talking right about oh you've got to find the world's greatest marriage therapist kind of like you mm-hmm. Aaron is you are a marriage great was, marriage counselor who were we talking to the other night and they said let's just face it we're not the best <laughs> there's always going to be someone out there who's better yeah, <laughs> as yeah. a therapist and i'm like yeah you know what you're right <laughs> i see that truth play out in my life all the time <laughs> but but maybe there's an older couple uh-huh. so maybe you're saying you know for let's say for you and i we're like you know we're just in a season we have a 16 year old daughter mm-hmm. You know, we're just we're finding that we're in conflict. Who, what, what older parents mm-hmm. who've walked this exact well, same path could we talk to? How God brought Wade and Roz oh, yeah. into our neighborhood, right. that, and I know you've met with him one on one, and yeah. we've had dinner with them multiple times. And he just regularly reaches out, checks on us. Yeah, you know how are things going? Hey, I've you know he said yesterday he'd had the flu, and so he didn't want to get together with us until after the new year. So I, I we have a coaching appointment coming up by him lately. <laughs> that's true. I, funny as we're talking about this, <laughs> I didn't even think about him, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what we've been doing. It's been so good. He and I just meeting in the morning, and I keep asking him, "Hey, you've you've done marriage ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you He's keep your marriage?" strong or how have you kept the relationships with your older kids strong Mm -hmm. and you're right it's just been so good so think about who's within your church Mm -hmm. is there a a neighbor is there someone at work Mm -hmm. you know who is it that that you respect and invite that person in this doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be this formal thing you know just but i'd love to learn from you know, your wisdom and experience, and let's just see what, what God will do. So, and, and then you get to decide, is this going to be more of a one-on-one like mm-hmm. Wade and I have been doing? But we also get together with Wade and his wife, mm-hmm. and we've done that together as a couple, but maybe this maybe it's a small group that yeah. you want to start. And it's really just going, what do, what do we need in this season? You know, is it one-on-one or is it a small group? And I would say there are seasons that we need both because they both provide something different. And, you know, is it we're studying something specific or we're just getting together and praying about whatever's arising um, during the week? So it's various uh, formats, various settings. 
but it's just doing something. Yeah. I think we can get very complacent and for seasons, you know, step out of that community and it is so necessary. Yeah. And, and, and again, we, we go back to that quote that, that our marriage is a duet in need of backup singers. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you guys, find your backup singers and just watch how they will help keep your marriage strong. You know, if you want to dive deeper into ministry as a couple, really check out an article from Focus on the Family that gives you some great places to start. Yes, all the details will be in the show notes. You know, if you're listening today, you're probably wondering, you know, how do, where do I begin? How do I get plugged into my church? You know, whether that's in a serving role, getting involved in a small group, leading a small group, maybe it's, you know, leading a women's Bible study. You know, how do you step in and get plugged in in your church community? Yeah. When we started going to the church that we currently attend, Um, that first kind of Sunday morning, I remember um, we kind of identified ourselves as you know guests. Mm-hmm. And remember, they gave us some information. Mm-hmm. So there's like this little card that that allowed us to read through and check some things that we'd be interested in mm-hmm. doing at the church. And so as I read through the list, they actually had some marriage ministry going on, especially around premarital. Mm-hmm. And, and I love working with engaged couples, so mm-hmm. I just checked. I'd be interested in doing that. Well, I get a call later on during the week, and, and this woman says, hey, if you have interest in doing this, why don't you stay after service next week, and, and let's just talk about this. I'll, I'll introduce you to what we do and what we use, and, and it's mm-hmm. really easy. I, I don't have to spend a lot of time training you, um, but why don't you stick around? After the the service is done, so I did that, mm-hmm. and so I'll never forget meeting with this this woman, and she starts telling me about well, we use something called Ready to Wed mm-hmm. here at our church, and so I you know get this big smile because that's something that you and I developed that mm-hmm. has our names on it. We're throughout that. There's videos of us teaching, you know, all these ten different sessions for premarital couples. So I just thought she's just being funny, and I said, oh, yeah, I've heard great things about that. And she's like, yeah, we really love it. And I got that sense like <laughs> she's not connecting dots. And and I said, I've heard about that one of the guys that helped put it together, <laughs> and I've, I've heard bad things about him. And, and, again, I'm just trying to be playful and thinking that we're just having a, a laugh together. Mm-hmm. And so she goes, oh, no, 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 no. Greg and Aaron Smalley, they they put this together. You know, they do a great job. And and I'm just looking at her like, okay, I thought you knew my name. And she's not cluing in at all. Mm-hmm. She starts walking me through this entire ready-to-wed curriculum and how to use it. And and then, it, you know, have you ever had those moments where someone doesn't recognize you or, you know, can't remember mm-hmm. your name mm-hmm. and you kind of go beyond a certain mm-hmm. amount of time to where, well, now I can't say anything. And so I just sat there quietly getting trained to use the program that, that we developed. And finally, she started showing me a video <laughs> and said, hey, I think you really like this couple. And as she played it and looks at me, looks at the video, she just went, oh, my goodness. Wait, that's right. That's you. 
And I'm, yeah. you know, sheepishly, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and so the good news is that I'm fully trained now at our good. church good, to good, use good. Ready but to Wed. You know, Ready to Wed is an awesome product that we use with the premarital yeah. class um, every semester, well, every spring semester. Yeah. We run a 10-week um, premarital yeah, group. Which we're about to start. Um, to support and prepare Couples that are getting married, yeah, and you know we we sometimes do that together. You're kind of the main key person, yeah. and uh, it's really great. Yeah, it's a it, it's a good ministry to do together. Right. And all we're saying is that first and foremost, to get involved in your church, just look around and see what's going on. Often there's lots of information. There's things, cards you can check, the uh, interests in. You'll get callbacks, all that. You know, and another easy way to get involved. At church, in 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 really start meeting other couples is to join a small group. Some churches they do um, Sunday morning Bible studies mm-hmm. or classes, fellowship Bible groups that meet, you know, throughout the week. So whatever your church does, we just encourage you, boy, just jump in. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's so many times that we've just showed up mm-hmm. and and we didn't really know any of these people or what was going on and and again just loved it and and sometimes you know we're like eh this is okay let's hang in there let's go mm-hmm. let's do the semester and then maybe let's look for something else mm-hmm. but either way mm-hmm. we're around other people and we're learning and and being influenced by their wisdom and their their knowledge and it's, it's always been a good thing for us yeah or you know you can jump in Together to support, um, maybe planning a social event, plan yeah. a date night As for an couples. I hate that idea, but <laughs> but you know, just contact whoever is in charge. You know, a community pastor. Yeah, someone. Yeah, and get together and plan a date night for couples. Participate in a service project. There's nothing better than working alongside other people to bring connection. And as you bring the connection, well, then, you know, hey, which small group are you in? And or maybe we could start a small group or maybe it's facilitating a Bible study, mentoring another couple, praying for a couple. There's so many different access points that you can take to um, build connection within your church. Yeah, and for sure, just... Just pay attention to anything the church is doing to strengthen marriages. So maybe it's a upcoming marriage event or a marriage retreat that the church is going to participate in or, you know, launching mm-hmm. a particular class or a small group on marriage. And boy, just lean into that and just show people that to get involved in events and other marriage strengthening activities, it doesn't mean that your marriage is bad. Because, mm-hmm. right? We, we hear that all the time. You know, I was kind of nervous to come to the marriage event you guys are teaching because I didn't want people to think that my own marriage right. was was bad or mm-hmm. we're in crisis. And it doesn't mean that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, couples who have strong marriages do things to strengthen a marriage. Right. They go to marriage right. events and they participate in these kinds of classes. So mm-hmm. just we so encourage you to get involved mm-hmm. in whatever's going on around the church. And again, mm-hmm. I love that the church has so many great activities and in, in opportunities to, to strengthen a marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we get to answer 
the questions that you really have around marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Yeah, today's question comes from Grace. So let's listen to her voicemail. Hi, Greg and Erin. My question is really, um, my husband and I are trying to figure out what our future looks like. We both have amazing careers that we love and are passionate about, but we've recently been feeling like God is calling us to something different. And it's kind of scary to think about, but my question is just how do we continue to seek after what God might be calling us to without one of us moving faster or slower than the other one? How do we just make sure that we're staying in line and prioritizing our relationship with God, but also our marriage as we kind of seek God's will for us? Grace, we so appreciate your question. And I love that you guys are even asking this question because it sounds like you have a good thing going on already. But I I hear you. When you have that stirring within your heart and you know, gosh, I really believe this is from the Lord, it's hard to dismiss that. And so I'm glad that you're asking. I'm glad that both of you are seeking. Yeah. And as you guys continue to talk about just kind of what's God doing and at what point maybe do we jump on board with what he's doing? Just keep reminding each other that, hey, remember, we're on the same team here. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do anything, make any decisions until we both feel like that that's a mm-hmm. win. And we mm-hmm. both feel good about that decision because, mm-hmm. Aaron, you and I have you know, many times gone through um, seasons where we just, you know, we feel God's calling us or, or someone feels like God may be moving us in a different mm-hmm. direction. Mm-hmm. And we always just want to make it so crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not going to manipulate, force, try to get you to move mm-hmm. long before you feel good about this. So remember, we're a team. Let's keep figuring this out together. And I think it's always been helpful in those seasons where we do feel like God is calling us to something different, that we both are confident that no, neither one of us are going to take steps forward um, without the other one. Yeah, And so it brings a security, a safety within the relationship that we can dream. And, you know, we can, one of us can be scared and the other one might be confident, but no action is going to be taken until we're on this, we're on the same page. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things we've been doing at Focus, so here, here at our place of business, here at Focus on the Family, is that we recognize that there are times when we need to meet as teams and just dream together. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that usually our teams are made up of people who love to dream and those who can't stand to dream mm-hmm. and only want to think about the the tasks and what it would take in order to fulfill this dream. And so what we've started to do is to call out what the goal and purpose of a particular meeting. Like if this is just a dreaming meeting, then we call it mm-hmm. that. This is just a dream session. We're not going to even talk about how to make this happen or, you know, the steps needed or the budget that will be required. The practicalities. And, yeah. And, it, and what it does is it, it just, it, 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 it helps 
everybody involved kind of know, okay, so this is the purpose. Here's then how I can show up mm-hmm. knowing and feeling safe at some point. Then if we decide to do this, we'll have all those other meetings to figure out the, the you know, details. the logistics mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. operational part of making a dream come true. Well, I even remember when you came home, you'd run into Jim Daly. Yeah, the and, president of Focus on the Family. And he basically was talking to you about needing a couple to come in and head up yeah. the marriage department. And you came home, and I was like, are you crazy? We had just adopted our daughter from China, and of course, our family was a little in disarray. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even have fathomed the thought of moving yeah. at that point. And the good news is we were able to kind of go, well, we're just going to pray. Yeah. And no decision needs to be made today. And we'll, you know, start exploring this possibility but we're not making any moves um, until both of us feel good about it. And I could remember I prayed. Um, we we prayed together. We asked our our good friends to pray with us, and it took time. Yeah, I think it took about gosh eight weeks um, before we really even seriously started right. exploring the option. Um, but my heart was in a different place at that point, you know, really just going, okay, God, if you're calling us to move, you're going to provide everything we need because initially I was so fearful. And what I love about having a teammate is that we're each going to be at different places through that process. And I think that's good because there's times that when we've had to make a big decision about taking steps forward, um, that I would be fearful and you wouldn't, right. or maybe you were fearful and I wasn't. And we're able to just keep walking, going. You know what? It's okay. Yeah. Like today, you you feel scared. I hear your concerns. Um, I'm feeling pretty good, and so let's just keep taking steps that feel good to both of us. And it it really does make a difference. It just makes me think of the scripture that talks about. Two are better than one, mm-hmm. because when one falls down, the other is there to help pick yeah. that person up. And it's the case with dreaming together, too. It's so true that that when we really make it so clear that we're on the same team, then then hearts are more open, we feel safer, we feel more secure, and that really allows for creativity mm-hmm. to be there. We're, we're able to dream bigger. And so that's such an important part. You know, seek counsel, you know, pull mm-hmm. in friends and relatives that you trust and pastors and just in, in your you know, in your ecosystem of your life, who are those people that can provide some great wisdom? Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, again, you guys will move forward when God makes it clear. If if like this job, mm-hmm. you know, you were talking about here at Focus, sometimes there's a time limit. Some of our dreams, mm-hmm. you know, there, there wasn't a time limit, so we could really take our time. But if there's definitely, hey, we have to make this decision by pick a date yeah. and then and just make that such a matter of prayer and just trust yeah. that, that God will bring that together within that time frame. And there are seasons where it might be about an individual dream. 
um, for that season. I think of when we first got married, your education. We spent the first eight years in graduate school. Well, you were in graduate school, <laughs> but I was supporting <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, we were, and that's fair. that was that was our dream, but it was really your dream. Yeah. I think of our daughter Murphy, who's married to Jordan, and he's pursuing a master's degree, and they moved to Boston for that. Yeah. And I know in this season, sometimes it's hard mm-hmm. because you know it's a it's really about Jordan education right now. But Murphy's on board. And I'm thankful that she got to see um, over the years us do that yeah. together. Yeah. That it, At times it was about you. At times it was about me. Right now it's about me. <laughs> You're getting your doctorate. Yes, yeah. I would much rather it be about you, but <laughs> no, no. I'm in the hot seat right now. <laughs> I'd rather do the laundry and the uh, cleaning and the cooking <laughs> and let you do the doctoral The, the work. late night yeah, papers. <laughs> Well, thanks to Grace for your question, and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. You can even remain anonymous. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Finding a way to get involved in a marriage ministry can be hard, but we hope we were able to give you some encouragement as you take that next step forward as a couple. Yeah, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. You know, we want you to have a seat at the table every week as we try to equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. We want to see you grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can turn around and invest in another couple to help them build a thriving marriage. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.